Was that song special or what? That could be our message today. Let me just read those words a minute. You hold my every moment. You calm my raging seas. Y'all sang it. Do you believe it? Now, you know, the things that you believe are the things that you practice, right? So if you're living in a raging sea, it'd be hard to say that you've calmed my raging sea. You see, what I'm seeing happening in our world today is that people, even in the church, are living terrorized. Terrorized about something they can't see, getting news that they really can't trust, and living lives that look nothing like what Jesus spoke about. Jesus said, I'd given to you life that more abundantly. Are you living abundant life? I want to say to you that abundant life is still possible and still available and still doable on November 29, 2020. It's available. You don't have to live in fear. Everything that we sang is really the way we can live. I believe you're my healer. I believe you're all I need. All I need. The culture would say there's a whole lot of things we need to overcome the problems that are in front of us, but I would say Jesus overcomes it all. I believe that you're more than enough for me. Jesus, you're all that I need. Then in the bridge, it says nothing is impossible for you. Do you believe that? Nothing is impossible for you. In other words, when you get up tomorrow and go about your day, nothing is impossible for God. In fact, Jesus said it like this, nothing is impossible for those who believe. So you might be saying, I'm living in pretty limited circumstances. I'm not seeing the, the power of Jesus in my life. Let me ask you, how much do you believe? If you are paralyzed by fear, then you're not going to be prevailing with faith. Faith and fear are polar opposites. We are the people who serve one who went to the grave and came back. And he is alive from the dead. Let me ask you this. What would you do if you knew that you would never die? What would you do if you knew you would never die? Can I remind you that Jesus said, He that lives and believes in me shall never die. What have we got to be afraid of? We don't have any reason to be afraid. We have a powerful Savior for our biggest problems. My purpose today is to be a message of hope. The purpose of Life Church today is to be a voice of hope in our community. Our community needs us. I got to thinking about the messages that we get every day, and I see them too. There have been messages about 62 new cases today, 75 new cases today, 360 active cases in a county of 15,000 people. It seems like we might be overreacting a little bit, doesn't it? with something that's got a 99.7% rate of recovery. I just came back from Florida. There was a way bigger chance that I'd get run over than catching something that's going to kill me. You say, well, what if it happens? What, what, if, what if you die? Okay. He that lives and he that 
believes upon me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. How can I lose? Come on, church. This is good news for us today. And good news gives us hope. And whatever your problems are today, we have a powerful Savior for our biggest problems. And the, everything in the New Testament was a type of, of Jesus' power demonstrated to all of us to help us in our biggest needs. And we're going to see one of the biggest problems that Jesus tackled. I think the biggest problem Jesus tackled was when Lazarus was dead. And Jesus spoke to a dead person and the dead person got up. In this story today, we see somebody who had the second largest problem of the day, and it was called leprosy. And I'm going to show you how Jesus dealt with his version of a pandemic and how we can deal with it as well. We're in Luke chapter 5, verses 12 through 14. We'll have it on the screen. And it says this, when he was in one of the cities, behold, there was a man covered with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, <clears throat> he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And he stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he ordered him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, just as Moses commanded as a testimony to them. What a wonderful story. <clears throat> Fantastic story of the power of Jesus Christ demonstrated with someone who had an incurable disease. And we're going to extract some things from this story, and I'm going to try to personalize it to you. Because in the United States, we don't talk about leprosy very much, and you might not know much about it. But I want you to know that I was able to encounter leprosy firsthand. It's not that I got leprosy, but I was around people that had it. The year was 1998. I was pastoring in Henry, Tennessee, population 14. And I was pastoring the Henry Baptist Church, which was a small church, the auditorium about the size of this platform. And we went there in 1992, and I raised my children there. My children learned to worship God while we were there. Spent 13 years in Tennessee, and by the time it was over, there was a new church planted called New Life Baptist Church that is still alive today. And one of the young people who was in my church is now the pastor of that church. Praise God. Isn't that good? In fact, I'd like to bring the young man up to preach to you. He's, he's preached to you before. It's Jamie Jones. We'll bring him up some Saturday night and have a celebration. Amen? He's been there now a little better than a year, and I pray that he has a long ministry. And we, while we were there, we saw things happen that we could not even imagine. Now, it was a very traditional church. They had a piano and an organ when I got there in 1992. And by the time I left, they had a full band on a little bitty platform and they had people standing all around the church because there wasn't room for people to sit. See, I'm not a very traditional person. Now, there's nothing wrong with traditions if you're inspired by the traditions. But if you hang on to traditions and say, we've always done it this way, you're probably going to miss opportunities to minister. And so in that time, we ministered, and, and my kids were a part of that. They were a part of the school. We were a part of the school. They knew the young people, and young people were everywhere. 
At one time, we had three buses, not buses, minivans, or 15 passenger vans going all over Henry County picking up children and coming in, and they were wild. And they received Jesus, and they didn't know that they were supposed to sit down and shut up. When, they, when it was time to praise the Lord, they praised the Lord. And it was an exciting time. One year, we baptized 87 people in that little town, in that little church. You see, that was really, in, in actuality, about one-fifth of the population of that little town. Ladies and gentlemen, there's 6,500 people in this town. We can make a difference right here. But we can't make a difference if our voice is not heard. You see, the, the, the word sprang out from that church. It reminds me of what Paul said to the Thessalonians, or Thessalonians when he's, he wrote, said the, the gospel is sounding out from your church. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a time for the church to slow down and shut up. This is a time for us to open our mouth and open our voice and let the voice of the Lord be heard. This is a time for us to express the gospel because Jesus is still saving people. Last Saturday night, we saw another young lady get baptized. Praise God. Amen. Yeah, that's worthy of praise. Amen. I got to change the numbers this, uh, yesterday. I think we baptized 20 people in this year. There's some churches that didn't even meet this year. I'm not saying that because we're better than someone else. I'm saying that because of this. If we don't meet, the gospel doesn't get shared. If we meet, the gospel gets shared. And there's nothing in this culture, nothing in our government, nothing that comes down from headquarters that's going to make me or you shut up. We're just not going to do it. Because the word of the Lord is so important. What if this is the last year? What if this is the last opportunity to reach somebody? We can't take a break. And I never thought I was supposed to get my orders from earthly headquarters anywhere in any way. Because Jesus Christ is head of the church. And if Jesus Christ tells me to shut up, I guess I will. But Jesus Christ has told me to go and preach the gospel to every creature. And he never told me that there was a, a denim to that that says take a break during a pandemic. Actually, if you take the church out of the equation, we're all in big trouble. Because there's no hope anywhere. I tell you and declare to you today that there is hope in Jesus Christ this morning. And so Jesus was dealing with a situation, a big situation. And while I was pastoring there, I got an invite in 1998 to go to the country of India to do a, a short-term mission trip with a ministry called Williams Evangelism Ministries. And, and so I went. And you talk about culture shock. I experienced culture shock, but I also experienced something because I found out the level of need that there is in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, as I look around our world and I see the need that we have, you might not realize this, but there are people in the world way worse than what we've got in. And I was faced with, with, a, with a country where there's a billion people at the time, a billion people, and most of them didn't know Jesus. And when I arrived there and got out of the airport, and it was, a, it was tr quite the trip. It took me a long time to get there, a lot of delays and things, but I got there when I walked out of the airport and saw all of the people smashed in around the gates and the fences. My heart broke. I was scheduled to go to the province of Gujarat, but they wouldn't let me go. You know why? Because fundamentalist Hindus were killing Christians in Gujarat. 
And so they said, we're going to send you someplace else. I got to go to the place called New Delhi. This is a picture of New Delhi. New Delhi is a very big and sprawled out place, but it's crammed in. I've never seen poverty on the level that I saw while I was there. And I've never seen the amount of people crammed into a space like I saw. That was my first time out of this country, and I saw what poverty really looks like, and it struck me. And I was going to be assigned to New Delhi, and I was going to be working with a pastor, and his name is Babu John, and that's him over here. Babu was a young man at the time, and he was not married. And he met me at the airport, and he was assigned to me, and that's Robin and I and his wife, Liji, and Day, and uh, Joyce on the other end. He is our missionary to India. He runs the Asha Children's Orphanages and Ministry, and he is a man of God. He and his wife, Liji, run that organization. These are some of the young people in their organization. They're now, uh, I guess, teenagers are growing up. Go on to the next slide if you don't mind. This is the way the children eat lunch in those places. They sit on the floor. I saw this. I was there. You know, when they eat, they all line up. And they all sit down, they put a plate there, and they put some rice there and some kind of spice on it. They take their fingers and eat. That's what they do every day. That's what they're doing right now. This is the school where they are. You see, in India, they really don't like the Christian church very much. But if you will have an orphanage and a school, they will let you have a Christian church. So that's what happened. And so I worked with these folks. And one of the things that Babu did with me, he took me to the orphanage, he took me to the schools and to the church, but I saw something that I'd never seen before, and that's a leper colony. This is a leper colony. When you have leprosy, there's no cure. And when there's a person with leprosy, what's going to happen to them, they're going to take you from your family, from your household, and they're going to put you in a place where other lepers are, and that's how you're going to live your life, ostracized from the rest of society. They could not live with others. And what leprosy does is it, it basically deteriorates the body. I saw these men and women in these places. They didn't have any fingers and toes. And you could see where the leprosy was just riding off their arms. And this is how they lived. And you talk about no hope. You take a situation like that and take the gospel of Jesus out, and you have absolutely no hope. In the Hindu religion, they have something that's called the caste system. Whatever you're born into, that's, what you, that's where you stay. And when you're a leper, you become an untouchable. Another class of people is called the Dalits. They're called untouchables. And when someone from another caste sees that person, they will go the other way. They will run from them. They will hide from them. They will push them out. That's why these people live. They live this way every day of their life. I was privileged to go to the colonies and preach. And I went four or five times to preach and preach the gospel and invited them like we do here. You know, we preach, we have response time. I didn't know any different. I gave an invitation. They came forward for prayer. I was able to lay my hands on them and pray for them. And according to Pastor Babu, because he had to translate for me, he said two things. He said, number one, they never come forward like that. Number two, about eight or ten of them received Jesus Christ as their Savior in 1999. That's been well over 20 years ago. I wonder if some of them are in heaven today. Now, what if we just said, I'm too afraid to go and do that? 
We can't be afraid, y'all. Jesus was not. When Jesus was confronted with this big problem, he went toward the problem, not away from it. A few thoughts about the scripture today. First, I want to show you the big problem of leprosy. We've talked about it a little bit. I want you to know that the disease was permanent. The pandemic that we're dealing with today is 99.7% over, uh, uh, able to be overcome. And after a few days, 10 days, whatever, you're done with it. In leprosy, you're never done with it. And the only cure for leprosy was a miracle. And there's not many miracles when there is no word of God. Amen? The disease was permanent and the disgrace was permeating. In the days of Jesus, leprosy was everywhere. And when a leper was approaching a crowd, he had to stop and yell, unclean, because he was not permitted to, to live in society. If you were a leper, it was determined where you could live, where you could go. Many of the pious religious Jewish people would consider someone to be a leper to be someone who was receiving the judgment of God. And I'd hope we wouldn't think that today. Leprosy, ladies and gentlemen, operates the same way as sin. Once it takes hold of the body, it begins to deteriorate the body. And eventually it will take the person's life. The disease is permanent, the disgrace is permeating, and the desperation is piercing. It affected all of society. When you saw a leper, you ran the other way. And the person who lived in leprosy lived in isolation and loneliness all their life. Ladies and gentlemen, isolation and loneliness are terrible things to deal with. I was reading last night in the country of Japan, in this month, there have been more suicides because of isolation than there has been deaths with the pandemic. Read it yesterday. I want to report to you today that the biggest problem is not the pandemic nor the virus. The biggest problem is far too much of the church is silent and far too many people are living alone and they're dealing with drugs and alcohol and suicide is taking over. Ladies and gentlemen, we were simply not created to live alone. Somebody tells you to isolate yourself. They're not giving you good advice. Somebody tells you to stay away from the church. They're not giving you godly advice. I want to tell you, there's nothing in God's word to tell us that. God's word says in Hebrews 10, 25, to not ever neglect meeting together. And I want to tell you, no matter whatever you might hear in the coming year, Eastland Life Church is open for business, and we will be. And I can tell you this, if you don't feel good, stay home. That's common sense. If it looks like somebody else doesn't feel good, don't give them a hug. That's okay. But ladies and gentlemen, I refuse to live in fear. And this thing's going on for eight or nine months, and I have not missed a day. The only thing I've missed is that I have not been able to go back to Mexico. And that's my biggest regret. This disease is huge, but it's not as big as the biggest problem. As huge as leprosy is, the big problem of leprosy, there is the broad problem of sin. You see, most of us here, in fact, I'd say all of us here are not going to get leprosy. I cannot say that no one here is going to get sick with COVID. I can't say that. I can say today, praise God, God's kept us safe. And as far as I know, that disease has never come into this place. And may the Lord continue to provide Jehovah Rapha in this building and over your life. Who are you going to trust today? 
I think I'll trust the Lord. But see, all of us have been bitten, exposed to the problem of sin. Sin's way bigger problem than a pandemic. Sin's a, a bigger killer than a pandemic will ever be. In fact, without sin, there would never be a pandemic. And the broad problem of sin is everywhere. And you might not realize it, but no one would get sick if there hadn't been sin. When sin came into the world, all of its cohorts and friends came with it. If you like the idea of practicing sin, get used to it. Because sin will bring what sin brings. And it brings sickness. The reason why there's leprosy is because of sin. That doesn't mean that somebody said a bad word today and got sick tomorrow. I don't mean that. But whenever sin came into the world, our bodies began to die. And no matter what you do, that is still going to happen. We're going to get to that place someday. Somebody says, Brian, what if you die with this? What if I do? That or a car accident. You know what? God kept me safe from four lanes of traffic in Florida. God can keep me safe from anything. Have y'all ever driven on those roads? It's a good time to be a truck driver, I can tell you that, because they're working, and they're everywhere, and they drive fast. When they see my little car, they don't even notice it. But praise God, 2,000 miles, and I'm safe. November 29, I'm healthy. 58 years of my life, God has been my savior. God has been my healer. God has been my person that I can always count on. He's always been faithful. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack any good thing. Why would I start fearing that now? But see, sickness is everywhere. And see, now that sickness is happening in our world, society has problems with it. And society tries to solve it in their way. And society cannot solve it. I mean, all the way back... From the time of the Tower of Babel, society is trying to become God. They're trying to be the person that we all look to. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't look to the government. I don't look to society to solve my problems. I look to Jesus. And I'm grateful for Christian people and for medical people who can help me. But ladies and gentlemen, they're not my all in all. They're human just like I am and they make mistakes. Amen? I know somebody that went to a doctor several years ago expecting to get some help and came home and never walked again. You think it can't happen? That's life. Sin, sickness. The biggest problem that we have today is spiritual. That's what's wrong inside of us. You see, if the problem is spiritual, I can't expect people who have no spiritual sense to fix it. I have to go to the Lord. He's the only one that can solve my problem, and he's the one that I will trust. The Bible says in Romans 5, 12, as through one man sin entered to the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all have sinned. You see, the reason there is sickness, the reason there is a sick society, the reason there is all of this panic today is because at the root of it all is sin. I spoke to my mentor yesterday on my way to church, 
And he told me, and I agree with him, he said, this is spiritual warfare. This is an attack from darkness. You, you don't think the devil put this virus out here? They say, well, maybe China did it. I'm just going to tell you, this came from darkness. Wherever the human origination was, it's from darkness. Because all darkness can do is kill, steal, and destroy. And that's exactly what he's doing. Kill people, steal what? Steal our fellowship, steal our joy, and destroy our testimony. And I'll not have it here today. Amen? He's not going to win. The Bible says when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is accomplished, brings forth death. Sin is our biggest problem. And it is working death in us. And everybody in this room is living in that culture of some, of some sort. We've either got some physical maladies, we've got some emotional maladies, we've got some spiritual things going on. All of us have stuff. And we might look at it and say, well, it's not as big as leprosy, but if it's going on to me, it is big. If you're dealing with an addiction, it's big. If you're dealing with relationship problems, it's big. If you're dealing with sickness, it's big. If you're dealing with loneliness, it's big. And ladies and gentlemen, for our biggest problems, we need a savior. We need someone bigger than our problems. You see, if we go side to side and we've got this problem here and we look side to side at other humans and expect other humans to solve our problems, we're going to realize that humans will come short. But Jesus Christ is bigger than any human. He is the one who bridged God with man and he is the God man and he can identify with us but he is also bigger than us and his powers are bigger than what, what prob problems we have. His power is bigger than our biggest problems today. And when Jesus approached this situation, he didn't do like the rest of them. The other disciples and people in his society would look at the leper and say, oh, let's, let's distance ourselves. Does that sound familiar? Let's run away from the problem. Let's go away. Let's leave him be, ladies and gentlemen. That leper needs Jesus as much as anyone else. And when someone says, Brian, you shouldn't have your church open, I say to them, that people in Metropolis need to hear the voice of Jesus Christ coming out of his church. This community needs us. This is not a time for fear. It's not a time to run away. It's a time to run towards the Lord. You see, Jesus approached the leper and the leper fell down before him. Let's talk about how this worked. The bigger power of our Savior First, the leper had faith in the Savior. The leper had a bigger problem than probably most of us other than the fact that we're all sinners. And there was no cure. Only a miracle could solve this man's problem. And he had faith in the Savior. You know what he did? He came up and he said, I know you can make me clean. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus healed the sick but Jesus cleansed the lepers. A little bit of difference. You see, not just healing, but cleansing. So what is your problem today? What is your situation today? Jesus can clean it. You got problems inside your heart? Jesus can clean it. You got hurt habits and hang-ups? Jesus can clean it. 
You got emotional difficulties, Jesus can clean it. But you've got to go to him. He's here. The reason why I know he's here is because he's got us open today. He said, whether well, two or more gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Jesus is here. And Jesus is here and he is focused on you. And if you'll come to him, he'll do something for you that you couldn't do for yourself. The leper had no hope in the world, but he knew that this Messiah could do something. And he had faith in the Savior. And I want to show you something else. Jesus also had some faith. Jesus had faith in God. He had faith in the Father that the Father could do what this leper needed. How do you know? Jesus approached the leper. He put his hands on an untouchable. Jesus didn't flinch. He didn't run away. He was confident in the power of God. And you know what we know today? We are the body of Christ. And we are confident in the power of God today. And so we reach out our hand to lay hands on you and your problems today. And we reach out to touch you with the power of God Almighty. And then we speak the word of God. You see, there was power in the Savior. There was power in the Savior. Because Jesus looked at this leper who heard and exercised faith in him. And Jesus said, I am willing to be cleansed. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus' power is unlimited. Unlimited. Nothing is impossible for you. We sang that, didn't we? You know why? Because his power is unlimited. There are people sitting in this room right now that have experienced that unlimited power. Your life looks so different today than it did a few years ago. You know why? Because the power of Jesus has transformed your life. <laughs> if it doesn't look different, it's because you haven't put faith in him. You say, I don't know if he can solve my problem. Oh, can he solve your problem? Man, if he can cleanse a leper, he can solve your problem, amen? Anybody out there want to say, hey, if God can change me, God can change anybody, amen? If God can change me from the inside out, God can change anything. You see, we're not Christians that are sitting around here going, oh, oh, I, it's so hard to live the Christian life. No, we're people that's going, God has done something miraculous in me. I'm not anything like I was before. That's what the new birth is, ladies and gentlemen. When the leper got cleansed, he was cleansed. He wasn't the same anymore. He didn't go back to the same old place. He didn't go back to the same old leper colony. He was liberated from his past life. That's what Jesus will do. Man, we're not sitting in here trying harder, trying harder, trying harder, trying harder. No, we're sitting here just receiving what God has given us, and he is changing us from the inside out. His power is unlimited. His power is unstoppable. You know what? Here's what the thing is. I don't know what's going to happen in 2021. It might become, and I'm just going to say this, and y'all just going to have to hear me, and I hope I don't upset you, but I'm going to say it anyway, all right? It might come that someday they say it is illegal to worship like we're doing. A 
couple of years ago, I could have said that, and some of you just said, yeah, yeah, but I don't think so, but yeah, it's happening, right? Go to California, and unless you're John MacArthur, you're hiding out somewhere. And I want to tell you, I have such respect for that man. He said on national news, he said, Jesus Christ is the head of the church. And that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to tell you something. They may say you can't worship, but I want you to understand something from the beginning of the Christian church. Government systems have been saying that, but the church is still here. His power is unstoppable. You can't stop him. You can't stop the church. You can't stop what God's going to do. And you know the good thing about this is we're sin about it. Grace did much more about I expect we're going to see more people saved next year. I expect we're going to see people delivered next year. I expect we're going to get 3D life recovery going and people are going to come out of that lifestyle. I expect to see some good things happen. Amen. His power is unstoppable and his power is undeniable. There are testimonies in this church right now that his power is undeniable. You know what? This thing is going out on our website, and the Word of God is going out all over the place. They're watching in Florida. They're watching in Mexico. They might be watching in the Philippines. I don't know, but the Word is going out. And what we're testifying together today is that His power is undeniable. And I want you to grab hold of it today. Come on, let's just get ourselves a good level of faith today and go out and serve and live and stop being afraid. Why should we be afraid? I want to show you something that's going to take my message and bring it to the right conclusion. If you've never seen the video series called The Chosen, I want to recommend it to you. You can find it on YouTube or some other way. You have to talk to somebody smart to find out. Blake is here. BJ's here. Talk to the smart guys. I'm still trying to play a VHS thing, you know, Cassette tapes, you know, and that's back when God was moving, Jerry. You know what I mean? Amen. amen. 45 records, amen. You go to the record store. Anyway, The Chosen is something different. It's a video series about the life of Jesus. And most of the time when I've seen those on television or whatever, yes, they were TV back then. You know, we had one, rabbit ears, you know. I never liked them much because they always made Jesus to look a little weird, spacey, far out look in his face. It wasn't like he was a real man. This shows the humanity of Jesus alongside of his, his divinity. He is divine. He is human. He's both. And if you haven't watched it, it is great to spend time with your family right now. Piper and I are going through this together. Our men's group did it a few months ago, and now Piper and I are going through it together and just having some great time. She asked a lot of questions. She asked, like, tons of questions. But in this, I want to show you a clip that's going to make what I'm saying to you come alive. So, guys, if you have that ready, let's do that. It's a leper. Stay back. Cover your mouth. Don't breathe his air. Don't come any closer. It's okay, John. It's okay. Rabbi, 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 Rabb
please. Please. Please don't turn noise from me. I won't. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Only if you want to, I submit to you. My sister, she was a servant at the wedding. She told me what you could do. I know you can heal me if you are willing. Seek your own honor. Please just do me this one thing. But what do I tell people? Go, show yourself to the priest. Let them inspect you and see that you are cleansed. Make the proper offering in the temple as Moses commanded. And go on your way. Where's an extra tunic? Just one of you, just one of you. That's enough. Green is definitely your color. <laughs> Not too shabby. <laughs> Amen. There's hope in Jesus, y'all. That says it in a way that it's hard for me to, to bring it out. That through the power of Jesus Christ, lives are changed. Miracles happen. 